Welcome to the weekly rant, where every now and then, Coco Loco and Coco Palauco postal on something that pisses them off. And now, here are my handsome rant masters, who are ready to take names and kick ass. The Uncanny Coconuts. Uncanny Coconuts! Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, now, we are live. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes, live and ready. For what? We don't know yet. I don't know what he's ready for, but it's not for this. But <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Uncanny Coconuts with your host, Coco Loco and Coco Belau. That's us. Coco. Yeah, what's up? That is us. Hello, what's up? Bye. What's going on? In case you forgot. Yeah, thank you for coming back. <laughs> uh, what you doing, man? What you doing, Coco Belau? Well, dude, I'm exhausted. Yesterday, had to deal with uh, getting the missus to get a new car. Oh, yeah. That's always a pain. And I think if if we were to mark, like, the most painful... Experience. Pain in the ass things that everyone has to do, right? The most painful experience everyone has to do that nobody wants to do, it has to be car buying. Why the fuck does it have to work this way? I don't get it. I don't get it either, right? Because... I remember years ago when it, you know, this experience has always been the same. Every, you know, 90% of the people always have this hours and hours of negotiation and bullshit and going back and forth, right? And then you're stuck. They try to keep you in the dealership. Like, this is the experience, right? It just sucks. And, but. Right. And, and you know what? And I warned her. I warned her. It was like, listen. You have to do all your homework. So so let's take a step back, right? What are some of the things you have to do to, to keep a little sanity throughout this after process? Number one, you have to do all your homework beforehand, right? You got to check out the prices. You got to call in because the minute you walk in, they don't want you to walk out till you sign on the dotted line. Yeah. And that's their thing, to break you down. Right. Fucking make you hungry, tire you out. <laughs> And this is the conspiracy theory. This is this is the uncanny, weird shit about this process, about this whole experience, that they make it seem like, mm-hmm. you know, they always advertise it like, oh, you're going to have a great experience. Come on. Oh, it, it's going to be easy to select your car and buy your car, right? Yeah. Right? They make it seem like, but they purposely, purposely, they make you go through hell in that place. And I think it's to break you down like the FBI does and the CIA, right? The, like the Secret Service. <laughs> right. Instead of the... So so you being there is like the interrogation room. It's like interrogation, right? And they, you know, they, you notice how bright it's, it's, it's really bright in there. And then they put you in a, in a, in a cubicle place, right? A little office. Right. Right. And then you have to see one person and then they and then you spend an hour with that person. Then you have to see another person for another two hours. Right. And then they bring bad cop, which is the manager. All right. I don't know. Let me talk. Let me talk to my manager. And then they both come in and then they both two time you. Isn't that the same tactic that the freaking uh, Secret Service does? That's the same tactic. Yeah. The only thing is that they don't put a fucking wet towel over you and pour water. But uh, other than that, <laughs> right? The other, other than the torture, the physical torture, they do emotional torture, and they actually do it. And they have a, they have a script. They know what to do, and they, they read, they read the customer. They know if you're not, 
if you didn't do your homework, like you said, if you don't have your numbers down, if you don't know exactly what you want, they'll take you for a ride. They'll take you for a ride, and they'll take every fucking money you got in the bank. Oh, yeah. They'll they'll give you a car that you can't afford, that you can't afford. They'll give, they'll they'll purposely do that, right? And it's like, what the fuck? This is everybody's got to know that they they're not your friend. It's like a, the HR in corporate. They're not your friend, okay? They're just there to, to right to make their money. That's all they're fucking there for. And and you know what's funny? So here goes. For, for those of you who haven't experienced this or, or don't want to or, or have blocked it, right? Here goes the general the general setting. You walk in, right? They start trying to, oh, well, what do you like? What are you looking for? What's your budget? It almost doesn't matter because whatever your budget is, number one, they never stick to it, right? Right. They always want you to go way above right. your budget. Right? For them, this is a starting point. It was like, oh, you said you only can spend $30,000? Oh, fuck it. Then I'm going to try to get her for $40,000, right? So that's number one. Number two, they get you to commit to a color, to a drive, whatever. Number three, they always come in at a super high price, right? And this is psychological. They come in at that super high price because if you said you wanted a car for $30,000 and they're like, oh, well, look, we got this for $40,000. And you say, well, look, I, I told you I wanted $30,000. Right. Oh, well, there, there's no way. There's no way we can get to 30000 Why don't we meet halfway? 35000 Mind you, you just gave in $5,000 because they want you want to meet halfway. And most people aren't a-holes. Right. So most people agree to that, right? And then once you agree, then you still have to wait for the, I don't know why, five other hours. Sign the paperwork. Then you got to meet with the finance guy who tries to to throw in another one two thousand dollars worth of shit you don't need mm -hmm. and then they throw you to the the registration and insurance guy or girl who is gonna again charge you for the registration charge you for this the point is you leave out of there and you're emotionally spent yeah because exactly the whole day was pretty much getting uh kicked in your mental balls <laughs> for the last five hours and that's a, and that's exactly what they want they want to they want to break you they want to have you more than five right, hours you down. so at the end when you're broken you just want to get the fuck out of there you agree to anything you'll agree to yeah yeah whatever whatever yeah just put it yeah whatever where you want me to sign yeah whatever and then the finance guy's like ha, ha, ha. oh we got this motherfucker oh, oh yeah oh, oh, i got yeah i got him oh yeah sign right there right there and, then he, and you know what they do even if you read some paperwork that they gave you at the end right when you broken and shit what they they start printing new paperwork if you notice they always they always go oh sorry oh the baited switch oh yeah they'll go oh i have to print this out this is a mistake oh this is this one's not right you see here oh let me print this out and then they start printing out all like the whole fucking thing again and with different numbers because after five six hours you're not gonna fucking start reading up the, the whole thing again all you have to do is sign and then they go here all you have to do is sign right here 
You know, they're fucking con. They're con artists. That's all they are. There's no, there's no dealer who's honest. Dude, and everybody's got to deal with it, which is the really shitty part. I mean, everybody under every circumstance, which sucks. But you know what? With that being said, there are some things you can do to prepare. It, you're still gonna be there, you know, five hours, eight hours, right? But for example, preparation. Preparation is fucking key. Find out what you really want, what kind of car you want, what kind of car you want to afford, how much your monthly payments are going to be, and commit to that number. If it's like, okay, you know what, I, I can only commit to $300 a month, then find out what, what your financing is going to be for that. All right, that's number one. Number two, find out, and you got to, unfortunately, you got to do this by email and phone because you need, you need all this shit in writing. What? They, what the extra additional charges are going to be when you least expect it. Oh, dealer fee, suck my dick fee, uh, rub my balls <laughs> fee. All of a sudden, there's all these fees out of nowhere. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Oh, well, that you got to do. And that you got to do. And that you got to do. And before you know it, you got $1,800 in fees. Mm -hmm. right? But if you didn't prepare, if you didn't call a few places that you could discount and, and be like, no, I don't want that fee or I'm not paying for that right you have no choice but to kind of accept it you know so so that's the value in preparing the other thing so once you prepare and you have that number in your head dude you gotta call at least two or three different dealerships call them write them find out what cars they're always going to want you to get in as soon as possible Dude, you can't fall in love with the first car be like nope look if if you if I can get it for this price and they're always gonna tell you no at the beginning no after possible, that's never gonna happen, right? But you want to find which ones have the car you want, and then when you're really ready, when you're ready that okay, I'm gonna sign, I'm gonna I'm ready to buy my car right now. That's the only time you should step inside a fucking dealership. Be before you do that, when you're calling three or four dealers, because you should be contacting four dealers at the same time looking for the same type of car right because you have to compare apples with apples and then and then uh right you use the if they send you a, they email you a, uh, a a a quote if one dealer emails you a quote you use that quote a, with the other dealer a, again right you use it right against dealer number two right you use it and you say can you beat this and then when they give you another one then you take it to the third dealer and you say can you beat this and then you take it to the fourth dealer and you say can you beat this and then the dealer that has the lowest number that's the one you call and say hey i'm, I'm ready to get this car for this amount right and and that and that's when yeah that's when you go in and right go inside but here goes the most important part the minute that they fall out of line with what they agreed to with the numbers they gave you right once you have all the numbers in place and you understand everything the minute something goes off that path you got to be willing to say no this isn't what we agreed upon right and walk away dude that's the part where i think a lot of people have a problem because not not too many people can stare somebody else in the face and say no you're screwing me no i'm not gonna do it and walk away mm -hmm. and you know what they're not gonna let you walk away easily that's the other thing they're gonna talk to you oh it's only another thousand dollars it's only it, yeah if it's only a another thousand dollars that thousand dollars means more to me than to your whole fucking company to your whole dealership 
So why don't you give me the thousand dollars? But no, no, but they're not going to mention that. But that's the hardest part. I mean, you've been through it, Coco. I mean, what what, what do you think is, is so hard about that part? Because it is tough for a lot of people. Just say no. I think well, for well for for some people for some people is just the uh, ego, right? Because they don't want to say that they can't afford it. A lot of people don't. Yeah, some people don't want to say, oh, you know, I, because you most of the time you can't afford it. You just it's just getting too too up, you know, on your on your budget, right? Because right, it's gonna it's gonna take more out of your budget than you wanted to spend. Yeah. You know, you wanna you wanna pay as least as possible because you got other expenses. You know, so sometimes it's ego. You know, they try to convince you that oh, you know, it's oh, it's great. Oh, you know, you're gonna have a man's car, or you know, oh, if you don't get this engine, then you know, what's the point of getting the car? And you know, and then they make you feel, you know, you don't want to say no, right? And you say yeah. That's why a lot of wives hate. You know, they they get mad at their husbands. Because the husbands agree to something and the wives is like, oh, I don't give a shit about the engine. I don't give a shit what engine it is. We want to get $200 a month and we can't get the other car. Forget the other car. And then you're like, well, I don't want a piece of shit engine. You know? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you just reminded me because I know I've told you this story a few times, right? Which is... You know, so so the reason it, it helps to do all that homework and everything, right? Or here, one way you can completely diffuse a dealership, right? If you have your, uh, one of the things that they try to do, by the way, is that they try to get you into specifics. What color you want? Do you want a sedan? Do you want an SUV? Do you want a truck? What do you like, right? And they try to do that so they could get you in love with the car. Because once you're in love with the car, it's hard. It's harder for you to say no, right? And uh, I mean, last time I had a car, I had to get, I mean, given that it, it was easier for me because I, I was in between jobs or I, my mindset was, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be losing this job soon because they, the company was getting bought out and a few things were going on. Right. So I was like, you know what? My, I just need a car to get me around and me, I'm a bit weird this way, but I, it didn't matter to me if it was. A big car, a little car, a uh, truck. I mean, my thing was, look, it has to be a car I can rely on. It gets me from home to work and back home again. And that it was $200 a month. That was that was my thing, right? Mm. So I go in and I remember the dealers, hey, oh, what do you like? And you like this and you like the Ford. And they're like, well, look, I'm a big guy, so I prefer a mid-sized car or bigger. But uh, other than that, dude, I don't care. And I could tell it would drive them crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, but what? I mean, do you like Fords? Do you like Lincoln? Do you like uh, Hyundai? Dude, uh, I really don't care. He's like, well, what do you want, man? What do you want? Because I'm, I'm driving them crazy. And I was like, well, listen, what I'm looking for is $200 a month. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, so at first they, okay. So he's like, oh, hey, look, look at the Ford Escort and this and that. You want to take it for a test drive? Sure. We take it for a test drive. Oh, yeah. How you like it? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, how much is it? Uh, I mean, you really like it? Sure, I really like it. But remember, I'm looking for $200 a month. Okay. We go, he crunches the numbers. Uh, yeah, boss, uh, this is going to be uh, $325 a month. He's like, nope, then, dude. Nope, sorry. It, it can't work. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, but, uh, okay, how about maybe an older model? Because that was a brand new car. Sure. What year do you want it? Listen, 
$200 a month. I don't care the year. What color do you want? You're like, I prefer black, but what I want is $200 a month. <laughs> That's the color. <laughs> and you can tell it was driving him nuts. And finally, after two hours of this back and forth, right? And that's the thing. You got to stick to your guns. They found, they found a car that has a big 200 on it. <laughs> that's your car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, I mean, within reason, because then, you you know, you want a car that's going to be reliable. You want a car that's not too old. You know, you want a car that the Carfax is good. Then you, you still got to, you know, dig into a little things. But I remember, and he showed me like two, three cars. And then finally, when he saw that I wasn't messing around. He got me, at the time, it was like a, a five-year-old car. Nice car for for what it was, right? 20, 2013 Hyundai Tucson. Um, mm-hmm. Black leather interior, you know, backup camera, all the nice little doodads. And, uh, and he's like, well, how much is this? And again, uh, this is only going to be 235 He was like... Well, dude, we gotta work on it. Yeah, but you know that's this is the funny shit about them. That if you say two hundred to them, they think that you can. Yeah, they they can go fifty over. That means two fifty. Oh, that means that means he can go fifty right. over. When the fuck did I say that I can go fifty over? Who in the fuck gives them that idea? I have no idea. They always they always because it's because most people end up paying more. And they agree to it. And that's why they always, at whatever number you give them, they always think, oh, he's willing, he, he can afford more. Always. Right. Which, by the way, that's a perfect, 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 perfect point. This is why if your real number is 30000 you got to go in there saying you only want to spend twenty-five or twenty-seven. Because they're always going to go above that. Always. Without a doubt. I challenge anyone who's ever bought a car to tell me that they've gone in there with a number that the dealership hasn't always come in above that. Even if it's $10, they always do it. And if you think that you uh, actually save money and that you got a good deal just because the manufacturer, uh, you know, number... The MSRP was a certain amount, and then they give it to you for $3,000 less. That's bullshit. You're not getting the car for less. They're getting exactly what they want. You know? So. Well, in the end, they're, they're, they're still making a profit. The, the only difference to them is do they screw you for $1,000 or $5,000? Hello, this is Samantha, and the coconuts will be right back after this quick break. back with the uncanny coconuts now you notice nowadays you notice the, the, the big conspiracy theory nowadays and, and big con is that because of the economy right because all the cars now they're charging ten thousand dollars and over for everything old cars new cars doesn't matter what right right and they can't even justify it anymore right because originally they would they would up it they would say oh we have to charge a thousand dollars more because of freight or because you know there's an extra expense in import or whatever it is, right? And, and then they up it to two thousand. Then they up it to three thousand. Then all the dealers were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. a- making it higher and higher for, for whatever the fucking reason," because they couldn't justify it now. They couldn't justify the extra amount. 
right right of the expense of the but now if you go to any website of any dealer you cannot you cannot find the price of that car or the msrp of that car they don't put it on there anymore because everybody used to look at the msrp and then in the website because the website they 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 couldn't change and fix the website fast enough right because of the web yeah right they couldn't so when they people used to go to the dealer and say oh your msrp in your website says this how come it's two thousand dollars more here and then they would get annoyed like they had to explain well we, we, uh, the, that one is it's old well we got the custom carpeting and we're like well i didn't ask for no fucking custom carpeting when you get to the thing they have they raised already the price because every week they were raising the prices and they couldn't they couldn't adjust the websites fast enough so what they end up doing was deleting the number completely from the website that way they don't have the question People are, they, you have to call for the price or you have to go in for the price. And this is the shit they're doing because I'm, I'm, I'm going through the same thing. I have to turn in my car. I have to get a new car right now. I'm going through my dealer's website to get inventory. I'm going to other dealers to get inventory. I'm looking at the inventory. I cannot find the price of the car anywhere. I have to call them. Right. I have, they, they try to catch you. They, you know, you cannot do homework anymore now. You can't do numbers now. Because now yeah. the, the it's, again, and whose advantage is that to them? Whose advantage is that? Does that play to well, theirs? Exactly. Right. Because now we're unprepared. They're able to jack up the price. You don't have a point of comparison, and you have to take them at whatever number they give you, which is what they mm -hmm. want all along. So that is a conspiracy. You know, I don't know if you've known this, by the way. So they say the prices, all the components have dried up. Right. This is one of the things that's driving all the prices up. But you know what I find really odd, really, really odd about all this? And this is where my conspiracy mind kicks in. So there was a story in the news about two months ago. You can Google it. Um, so not only are we having these component shortages so that supposedly they're making, they have to wait longer and they're not making all the new cars, which is making all the current cars much more expensive. But then there was a boat. If you, all you have to Google is, cargo ship with luxury car sinks sinks and there was a huge cargo ship with i think over 300 luxury cars okay and that something happened and the luxury cargo ship sunk with all all the luxury cars in it okay so of course so now there's even more demand so there was all these people waiting for their luxury cars to come in and they're all at the fucking bottom of the ocean so what's gonna happen now? Oh, oh, more excuse. There's less demand, so we gotta charge more for the for the cars that are in the market. And somehow the fact that it all plays into them being able to jack up their prices weighs a big fucking red flag for me, man. Same thing with, with food nowadays. Isn't it odd that the pandemic already had a shortage of certain foods mm -hmm. and certain workers that weren't willing to put up with the bullshit wages. And then all of a sudden, you know, Russia attacks Ukraine. And oh, what comes out of that? Oh, apparently Ukraine happens to be one of the biggest exporters of fucking wheat. And one of the biggest exporters of produce. Mm -hmm. And now they're not going to be doing shit because their farmers have to pick up guns and defend them, their, their country. Mm. Isn't it odd that there's already... Because of the pandemic, there were already kind of shortages and and issues. And then they attack one of the main producers 
of food. Not just that, a few weeks later, then I hear in the news, oh, and there's some chicken disease. And hundreds of thousands of chickens had to get slaughtered. I don't know if you've read, this is all in the last month. Hundreds of thousands of chickens had to get slaughtered. So now these farmers are supposedly destroying their chickens so that the disease doesn't spread. And because of that, so the remaining chickens, they got to jack up the price now. The same thing happened with beef, with the cows. Right. Yeah. And oh, they got to kill all these cows now and they can't be in the market. That means less beef in the market, which means the prices have to go up. Isn't it a little too weird? That this seems so automobile industry, food industry, all the industries, all the industries are getting affected. All the industries, right? right. All these before it was because of the pandemic, which that I think everyone gets, right? But now after that pandemic, that everything's everyone's working and everything's going back to normal, but we're still having shortages for other reasons now. Yeah. Are we really having shortages or are they making these shortages to make sure they could keep jacking up the price? Listen, I remember that I remember when there was a war in Syria and there was the Afghanistan war and all this stuff. There wasn't there wasn't I mean, the economy, you know, things went a little bit higher, but there wasn't no uproar about there was no people weren't jacking up prices and the, the supermarkets weren't empty or people couldn't get this and that they couldn't do that before but now there's a war over here right after now everything's going back to normal then there's a war in in ukraine that affects everything right gas food and, and everyone gas uh, 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 right food oh because that's the other thing and then now the embargo because of ukraine and russia we're putting an embargo on russia Oh, Russian gas is not. So now gas prices are going up. I find it extremely ironic that all of a sudden all these things are happening, which all of them are contributing to higher prices. I think it's a bunch of bull. It affects a little bit. I agree. But industries, they just take advantage of the fact that, oh, uh, there's uh, we, we can raise the prices and let's make a profit. Let's make a profit now because we don't know what's going to happen later. Let's just raise the prices on everything. And and because the gas, let's say let's say um, the war affects the the barrel, right? From a hundred to one hundred twenty dollars a barrel, right? Or one hundred and fifty, right? whatever. And then the gas price goes from you know three to three fifty. As soon as the war happened, the gas went up. The minute it started. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm thinking, how did it affect the gas so quickly? So all that oil was pumped and it was distilled into gasoline and oil. And We already have gas that we bought. The U.S. already bought gas. It should maybe affect the gas a month, two months from now. And even so, it should go a little bit up. And once it affects the gas, let's say it'll go up to 350, then it shouldn't go up again, right? It went up because it affected, but well, why is it going up every week? Every three days, the gas was going up 10 cents. How is that possible? You know, uh, right. And, and that's, and again, the industry is anticipating and they're going, oh shit, we're going to have a shortage. So let's jack up the price immediately. It's anticipating, but it's anticipating falsely. They're actually just taking advantage of the fact that this is the economy atmosphere. The people will pay it because they know that everything's going up people will pay it 
and let's just jack up the prices, right? And I think the conspiracy is that the industry is not supposed to get together, like conspire to raise the prices all at once, but they do, but they, somehow they're doing it and it, that's illegal, right, to, be, to do that. But they're doing it, every city, everywhere you go, everything goes up at the same time, all together. Everybody, all, it's all in on it, you know? And I, I just, I don't get it. How can, the, how can the gas go up every week? Every week, every week go up and then go up to $4, $4.10, $4.20. And I'm thinking to myself, it's the same war. We're not getting our oil from Russia. Well, globally, they import 30% of, of oil. They do over there, but we're not. But globally. They export it, but not to us. I don't know how much we get from that. Well, that's what I'm saying. If it's not directed to us, how come it's affecting the gas every fucking week in such a way where it would act like as if we depend on Russia for, for oil? We don't. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a con. Right. It's another fucking con from the oil industry. And everybody has to pay for it because they have to put gas in the car. Because everybody is dependent on their fucking oil. Except other people driving Teslas, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, you got only 3% of people driving electric cars, and then the electric car seems like a good idea. And then Elon's uh, stock goes up because, you know, when the gas is high, electric car demand is, gets higher. It goes up, right? Everyone wants to buy an electric car then, but now because of the shortages, right? We're, and we're right back to the car, the car business because of the shortages of components, shortages of lithium, shortages of battery. He could only make so many cars at once. Whatever cars are currently available, they're jacking up the price more and more. The jack but the jacking up the prices comes down to local level. The dealer, because he has a low inventory, he's raising the price on the car because they have to make up that revenue that they usually get every month. And they don't have a big inventory, so there's more demand. So there's gonna be more people for that same car. Create their own little price war. Some, you know, somebody comes by the car and they know that somebody's out there we're willing to pay a little bit more. They're going to be willing to pay a little bit more for that car because there's not enough of them. The seller's market and they're, they're able to put bidders against bidders just like we were able to put dealerships against dealerships. It is weird that I, I remember I used to go into an inventory. I used to go either to a car dealer and they had all these cars in there. They, they couldn't get it rid of. At the end of the month, at the end of uh, the, the, the right. six months or whatever, when the new car the new year car would come out they would give away the old year car because they had so many now you go in there and they only have like one or two of that model right they're not able to produce cars uh, during the pandemic they stopped production i mean they could have done it in a safe way but i guess they just stopped so i mean the, the, when it comes to the uh, inventory i mean that's true they so, for so, somehow they don't have the inventory so uh you know well, you know, part of it is I read a lot and I listen to a lot of news. The other thing that's happening with everything we just talked about is there's a shortage of truck drivers. Mm. While there's a shortage of truck drivers, they don't want to pay. <laughs> they say, oh, yeah, there's not enough truck drivers. Is it that there's not enough truck drivers or that you're putting these increasingly crazy demands on them? Mm. I was reading this article the other day and it was talking about the truck drivers and it was saying how these truck drivers for Walmart, for Target, for all these guys, for Amazon, right? The major haul, you know, the big 18 wheelers. Most of them are not hired by the company as employees. 
They're all their own. Their own independent contract. Business owner. They don't want to be. They have to be an independent contractor. They have to pay for their own gas. They have to pay for their own insurance. And they have to pay for their own truck. And even with them paying and, and, and this is all on them, they are then scrutinized. When you come pick up a, a load, sometimes those guys have to wait hours for them to load the truck. And they're not getting paid for that time. Then what they are getting paid for is by the mile. So now that they're, they're giving these unrealistic expectations, hey, you gotta you gotta have it from uh, you know the Georgia Coca-Cola company down to Florida, Miami. Uh, you gotta deliver this in you know in eight hours. It's like it takes eight hours with no traffic to do this. No, no, well that's you know, and that's what they well we're only gonna pay you as if you worked eight right. hours. As if you only delivered this for eight hours. And that's what they have to do. So now, after they were waiting around for five, six, 10, 12 hours for their truck to, in, in line for their truck to get loaded, then they have to go out and drive the, the 12, 16, 30 hours to get where they have to go, right? And there was even a story in there of a guy that he was falling asleep. So my, imagine, you're driving an 18-wheeler. You've got tons of cargo. The guy's on the highway. The guy's falling asleep. And he's like, I got to pull over. And he pulls over in dispatch. He was like, hey, uh, we noticed you stopped. What's going on? He's like, listen, I'm falling asleep on the road. I got to pull over. It's not safe. And they were, being, they were like, listen, man, that, that's got to get there by tomorrow morning. Like, uh, you know, just stop. Get some coffee. Get some... You know, and they were encouraging him to just get some caffeine. It ain't getting nowhere. If he crashes, they're gonna lose the cars if he crashes. They don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. And the dispatcher was just concerned about the timing. No, you need to get this there. And the guy's like, listen, man, you're not listening to me. I'm exhausted. I almost fell asleep twice. Mm -hmm. I already drank Red Bull. I already drank coffee. I already stopped and walked around for a bit. I need to stop and take a nap. And the guy didn't give a shit. He didn't have cocaine. Oh, oh yeah. So that's what we need. A fucking cocaine driver with 10 tons of, of Coca-Cola in the trunk that can fucking steamroll over anybody. And this is the part where morals, the guy should have been like, all right, fucking take a two hour nap and we'll try to. But no, the guy kept trying to push him to continue his delivery because mm -hmm. he was more concerned about the timing and they're there to push, but they're not taking the human cost into effect. This is a different episode, right? Because we can go into a different episode on this. Right. But this is where the Elon and self-driving trucks and importation and electric the electric revolution is going to come in. Because now you're going to need those robots to do these jobs that are too demanding on humans. It's not humanly possible anymore. Right. It's just not practical. And this is when these big, nice electric self-driving trucks are just going to be driving 24 7 from from the west coast to the east coast with no problem and that's what he's trying to get accomplished you know yeah that's what he's trying to do but uh, i don't know but all right coco i mean we kind of touched on a lot even stuff we didn't really expect to but uh just uh, the main thing is do your research be prepared before you go into a dealer try to avoid going in at whatsoever because i've bought a car just over the phone I, I didn't even step into the dealership. So if you can do that, look it up, try to do that instead. You get the same deal 
and you don't even have to. They'll drive it up to your house with the paperwork. Right. At least the decent ones. Actually, you know what? I forgot one last thing I got to mention because I thought it was funny. In the end, you have to be able to say no, mm. right? And again, this was my wife buying a car. She was really deliberating. I told her, listen, at this price, if they get to this price, that's the price you wanted. Is that a yes? To me personally, she says yes. I go, so look, it's real simple. Tell the guy, look, if you can get down, they had already come down twice, but it wasn't to what we said. It was to what they wanted. 30 to 35,000 example. The original price was 35. Then they got down to 33, then to 32. And it's like, listen, we came here saying we wanted 30, right? But in the end, tell my wife, listen, so it's real simple. We've already wasted four hours of our day here. If he comes down to that price, do you really want it? Yes or no? Mm. Yes. Okay. Then it's real simple. He comes out. You tell him, listen, I will only do 27. Can you do 27? Yes or no? And I think at that time he was down to, he was like, oh, 27.5. And I go, if he tells you 27, will you go through with it? Yes. He comes out. Listen, I only want 27. The guy goes, no, we, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's 27.5. I can't go any lower than that. So I told my wife, and when that happens, you got to extend your arm out. Well, listen, sorry to waste your time. Thank you for your time. Shake their hand. We turn around and we get the fuck out of there. And that's it. No deliberating. You can't look like you're thinking about it. You can't look like you're concerned. You can't look like maybe. You have to give a definitive mm -hmm. no. Shake their hand and get the fuck out of there. Because we had already done that twice. And twice they stopped there and lowered the price. We go outside the dealership. We came in separate cars. Uh, but we have our daughter with us and I go, listen, so go get your car. Uh, again, was, was 27, the number for you? She says, yeah, yeah. And I go, listen, it's a good deal. It was only 12,000 miles, blah, blah, blah. Is it more probably than, than it would have been a year ago? Yes, absolutely. But she needs a car. Then I go, all right, well, listen, don't be surprised if when you go to your car, the guy shows up at your car. Mm -hmm. And if he says 27, you got to take it, right? And she goes, yes. I get in my car with my daughter. We drive away. Three minutes later. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> he met me at the car. They're willing to do 27. And I go, then do it. And I go, and I'm going to go get something to eat. Because you know we're going to be here another three hours. And we fucking worse. Mm, oh, my God. <laughs> so so the point being, when you when you say no, shake Take out your hand. Listen, thank you for your time. I don't want to waste any of your time. Shake their hand. And that's it. Walk away. If you can't do the walk away, the walk away is the only thing that really gets them to move. That's right. Because they don't want you to walk away. They will do whatever. But until you do that walk away, you got to practice it. You got to own it. You got to act like you love doing the fucking walk away. Until you show that, right they're never gonna budge and here goes another thing because the same thing happened to my sister right even if they don't stop you at the car even if they don't stop you right away right this is number one this is going to give you time to recuperate and, and see like okay where else can i go or number two they will call you back if there's still a deal on the table they will call you back in the hour they'll call you back the next day they'll call you back the next week they'll even call you back at the end of the month so at the end of the month where they're looking, they got the guy's got to make his number or, or he's going to get fired. They will call you back. Hey, 27,000. Uh, you still looking for a car? 
and they will do it. So my point being, you got to stick to your guns, say no, and walk away. Walk away. That's it. Yep. That's right. If you don't do that, it ain't gonna, it's not gonna move the needle. It just isn't. All right. Commit. Stick to it. All right, suckers. Like we're sticking to this podcast. Gotta commit. You gotta commit. <laughs> and we have spoken. <laughs> and I still don't care. <laughs> You've just heard the weekly rant. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave us a review. And remember, do your research before walking into a car dealership. Or they will rob you blind. Okay. Oh,